Welcome to Heroes of the Hydean Way. This is a live play podcast that explores published adventures set in Fantasy Flight Games' Star Wars RPG line. Currently our story is Dead in the Water, and it can be found in the Star Wars Age of Rebellion's TM's Kit. This is Act 2, Episode 8, and I'm Ben, the GM for this adventure. Hello there, I'm Christine, and I play Lieutenant Nima Ptolemy, the group's commander, uh, tactician figurehead, and Nima's duty is personnel. She's devoted to protecting the lives of Alliance personnel, even above the cost of the emission. I am Leslie. I play Kith Ursebeck, the Bothan mechanic saboteur, whose duty is to sabotage. I am Brent. I play TV-93, T-Series tactical droid. My duty is enemy demoralization. I'm a sniper and a slicer. Have you ever noticed that just when you think life can't get worse, it suddenly does? And I'm Chris. I play Mandalorian Commando Motu Ordo of the Clan Ordo, whose duty for the Rebellion is combat victory. Also, fun fact, I spent some XP, you guys, and Motu is now force sensitive. And so perky. Yes, I I told you. (laughs) I am indulging my inner 15-year-old fanfiction writer, and I am making a Mandalorian Force-sensitive. So he takes on the specialization Force Emergent, and then he also has the Force Power 4C. Although Matu himself does not know that, so it's just a little secret between you and me, dear listener. I feel like it's kind of appropriate since you're the one who described this gaming thing as a playground. (laughs) This is true. I just, you know... It's gonna be awesome. People are probably already giving me flack for picking Mandalorian, so, you know, just bring on, bring it on, haters. So awesome. <laughs> bring it on. I'm gonna have armor and a lightsaber. What are you gonna do about it? Are you gonna have a lightsaber, <laughs> though? You've got your vibrosword. Your dad's vibrosword. G- give him time. Dual wield. Give him time. Dual Who knows what'll happen? <laughs> uh, and he's gonna get his Mandalorian uh, wardroid he can ride on. It's we'll gonna see. be brilliant. He owes me. This is always so disturbing. To learn a little bit more about characters, I want to ask Kith. Yo. As the rest of the group went off to storm the brig, how did it feel being alone among the machines with droids prowling the ship? Well, when you're waist deep in a machine, you can't really afford to think of that, especially when the people who designed the machine designed this weird ridge that digs into your spine when you're trying to fix it. But, you know, the guys can take care of themselves. They left me with a team. I was thinking about the life support thing, because we can't afford to lose people. It's, no. It's just not acceptable. Okay, so I'm going to get a recap from TV to bring us and our listeners up to speed. It seems that there was a problem with the life support, and the meat sacks thought that it was important. So we were trying to restore that and also get to the bridge. There were some droids in a turbo lift. I managed to overload them. It was rubbish. Meanwhile, there was some fighting and an effort to liberate the bridge. The enemy tactical droid was mocking us. That was also rubbish. We fought our way into the bridge and there were some astromechs and there were some of the crew that was captive. And we freed them and people tried to be all motivational and leaderish. And we restored the life support, right? Yes, I know you can't tell, but it was done. Sorry to disappoint you. The life support was restored. Some people seemed happy about it. I don't get the point. Okay, 
thank you very much, TV. And now for the fun little sort of bookkeeping things of the session, can I get each of you to roll the force pool for today? Oh, yes. One dark side. Yay. Well, you, you're you supposed to do light side. Can you do a light Says side Chris. next time? Oh, I don't. I don't know how, Chris. Never mind. I did a dark side. One light side. Ooh. Force likes TV tonight. Yeah, a nice small uh, pool of three dark side and one light side to start. So yeah, <laughs> that's fun. And yeah, TV is the only one to get a light side. Don't mention it. Oh, you didn't. It must mean he's going to be our sole survivor. He's going to be Marky Mike. <laughs> I don't know the reference. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg starred in Soul Survivor. Oh, okay. I, I I knew who Marky Mark was. I didn't know the movie <laughs> name. I'm bad at movies. Well, on the other hand, you're great at duty. Oh, am I? Yes. Coming off of having Kith show up half covered in grease and other chemicals from the life support, you can see that the life support is now on. The air is starting to get thicker and starting to become more breathable. Most of the people on the bridge have actually passed out because of how thin the air is, but the air is coming back. This has caused your duty to swell. I feel real good that the crew didn't die and that I didn't screw up the mission. All these people are going to live, except for, you know, probably the captain and our boss buddy because they're in TJ's hands, but we'll, we're going to try to get to them. So, yes, Nima's duty of personnel has triggered with a roll of eight so her wound threshold goes up by two and everyone else in the parties goes up by one is this permanent or is this just for this session this session i think what's actually happening here with nima is she feels like we've made some real tangible progress we have life support back on we've taken back the bridge we've accessed external communications reinforcements are on the way she thinks we've hit the tipping point where, yes, there's still a lot of droids aboard this ship, but, and sure, a lot of people have passed out, but the situation's more in our favor at this point. If we can do one more push, we can take out the head of this droid uh, saboteur group and rescue the captain and uh, not fly into a black hole, hopefully. That's a lot to hope. That would be handy, especially the party is on the bridge. And, well, there was this one little thing that came up over just the bridge PA, and that was sort of this ping. 73 minutes to the event horizon, and it's at that point where Lieutenant Hastings comes over to you after he's been freed, and Lieutenant, what what are we going to do? We've got, we don't have communication with the rest of the ship. Nima is looking out the forward viewpoint. Can't really see much of a black hole, but the fact that at this point, we are so close that she's not seeing a lot of stars either is distressing. So Hastings is still conscious, so some people still are. Yeah, Hastings uh, has a emergency breath mask that he had found. Next time, make those mandatory, every soldier. <laughs> Hex, in the hallway. Uh, what Nima is going to say to him is, the only thing we can do, we need to take back the engine room Otherwise, we're not going to be able to turn this ship around. We need to buy some more time before reinforcements can get here. Yes, Lieutenant. Uh, what What are your orders for me? Someone's going to need to be here to manually turn the ship when 
power is restored. I can't think of a better man for the job. We do have the stunned astromech still that I stunned, I think. We also have the, the one... Life support, yes. Oh wait, no, you, you're right, there's one stunned up here as well. I think one's dead. Well, there's one I turned stunned. off on life support deck too. Oh yeah. We have a ho whole host of astromechs to choose from. What are you thinking? Hmm. Leslie, do you want to talk about our scheming or shall I? I think you should lean into it. Okay, so we were kind of wondering, where's the spinster's loom? Actually, the spinster's loom departed from the Shadow Raptor and was going to meet the Shadow Raptor at the Rebel Fleet. Ah, darn. Hold on, hold on. If it's necessary for your plans, could you flip a light side point to have it still be here? No, we didn't really have a plan. We were just looking for stuff. Spitballing, as wow. it were. Uh, because... <laughs> We, we were also wondering, I mean, yes, we, we took on a very large load of droids, but there had to have been droids on here already. So where would those be? The ship itself beforehand had been relatively droid light. They had done most of the, or what would normally be droid work. It was being done by people of various species, which was one of the reasons why they were wanting the droids, because many of them aren't really complaining. You've got a lot of, say, MSE droids, the little... Uh, skittering mouse droids. Is that the one that looks like a little black shoebox and chitters? Yes. yes, that's exactly it. The small black toaster. There would have been R2 units for the starfighters, though. Weren't there X-Wings and Y-Wings down there? There would be a few down there, yes. So we've got one here and one down there. And no Nebulent B frigate would have been complete without its very own 2-1B in the infirmary. Oh, yeah. There's at least one in the or in the infirmary, yes. I'm just wondering if it's possible to get maybe one of these Astromix reprogrammed to be like a scout for us. Just kind of wander the halls and peek ahead. If we're looking for a droid to scout for us, wouldn't one of the mouse droids be best suited for that? But I don't. we don't have a mouse droid. We have an Astromix. But it is an enemy Astromix. Make use of what you got there. <laughs> but you have a TV. 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 Reprogram this Astromix. Which droid do you want to enslave? This astromech that I shot in the head. Please reprogram it. He said please. Ah, uh, yes, of course. I'll start reprogramming it immediately. Where is the, the, the deck we need to go to? Like, where are we? Are we going to try and do the outside the ship thing, guys? Or are we going to try and go internally? Either way, we need to go up from here. Nima's thinking was to go with Matt 2's plan, because it would um, hopefully avoid some of the fighting, which is to go to the forward hangar bay which is a few decks up and towards the aft of the ship, and then take some sort of transport over to the aft hangar bay, which puts us right above engineering and bypasses the really narrow section of the Nebulon B, where likely TJ has a number of forces ready uh, to block access to the engine room. Plus, it's more epic. And how much control do we have here? Are we still pretty much locked out of everything? Other than the triple lift and the doors because of TV, you're still relatively locked out. Like the main computer core, it's now locked out, it seems, for everyone. So not much. It's mostly the areas that you've freed. Like life support into the sensors areas, you've got a freed. You've got the barracks area free. And you've got the... Primary communications on deck one free, and the bridge, obviously. You've got this entire deck free now. Well, unless Nebula and B frigates have a saucer separation mode I'm not aware of, I guess we gotta... 
<laughs> Head back across. Sorry. They do, but it works worse than the Enterprise. Oh, good. Because that always worked so well for the Enterprise. <laughs> yeah, the two times I've seen it, they crash. The, the other so. problem is, I think then we'll be leaving our warp or hyperdrive. It's like there's a black hole or something in the section escape. we Come will on. be detaching from, which we kind of need. Right. <laughs> yeah. They're most certainly in. So if we can't access any of the internal cams for the hangar bay, then I think TV will be ordered to reprogram the astromech so the astromech can go down and scout out the hangar bay for us. If you want me to see if I can check out the hangar bay from here while he's doing that, I can I can poke around. What do you mean by poke around? I can get on the computer and try and do computery things. Okay, go for it. Okay. Just so that I'm clear. Kith is going to be trying to get into the main computer and look at mm-hmm. the like hollow cams of what's going on in the Ford hangar bay. And TV is going to attempt to reprogram one of the astromechs, correct? Yes. To switch which T-series tactical droid it is listening to. <laughs> okay, so the way I am doing this is... Wow, I'm totally doing a opposed... Discipline check versus TV's computers. Hmm. So TV has an auxiliary goal of he wants to impress some of his own worldview upon this droid. So instead of a zippy little uh, R2 unit that's going around happily doing its job, (laughs) he's going to bloop very slow. He's going to kind of not really zip around. He's more of sort of going to drag himself by. And he's going to have an irrational dislike of Matu. Uh Okay, for that, I just now absolutely have to spend this, the Black Destiny point. And, um, okay, it is going to be going up against two red. Does this droid have a little uh, electroshock thing? Oh, no. Because <laughs> Matu's armor is conductive, I'm just curious. It doesn't do much damage, but yes. I'm yes, pretty sure they all do. It's not like you can hit worth anything. I'll flip a Destiny point for that, then. Oh, <laughs> And he fails with three uh-huh. advantage. Oh, well. His heart wasn't in it. It's not now. No? <laughs> so I'm going away. with that this droid sort of perks up. Okay, what I'm actually thinking with this is, as I use this next Black Destiny point, I'm thinking that he wakes up and just wails as only an R2 unit can. Like this kind of melodic uh, scream. But for... TV, it isn't just audible. It's through the comm circuit. And he gets blasted with that this astromech is screaming that they're on the bridge and that they're trying to reprogram me into the combined network of all these droids. So over the comms, that's what TV is sort of feeling. It's possible it might not have worked. Shut it down. So the question of guys, what do you want to do with the three advantage? It still hates Matu? All three? <laughs> All three That's of them? not an Come advantage. <laughs> okay, so what do you want to do with the other two? We could blast it. Maybe it just shuts down? It starts to feel very depressed and shuts itself down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Does actually, it... that, you know what? That might be interesting because uh, TV has that subroutine that Ottawa erases his memory every. I'm still not convinced that it's real. Maybe that. I think he just shuts up to be spiteful. <laughs> yeah, maybe that part of the code drifted over to the astromech, and then it just shuts down, erases its own memory, and can't remember why it was screaming a second ago. I like it. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I really like it. So now it truly is a blank astromech. The problem is, is it hasn't been imprinted on anything, so it has no idea what it's supposed to be doing. So it hits this point where it stops screaming, and there's that, yeah. that moment of silence, and then the light comes back on. It starts kind of making little beeps, turning its head from left to right in confusion. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what just happened? Uh, TV, what, what did you do? Nothing. I don't think it worked. I can see that. Why is it just staring at us? I think it's imprinting on you as its mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's strange. Astromech, receive commands. Um, a ten, hot! And it comes over, bumping into your leg. Ow! Watch where you're going. No. I think my work here is done. So... LT, I'm not sure that this is a sound course of action any longer. Then I'm kind of wanting to go over to Kith. Yeah, he's attempting to slice into the computers to get a hollow image to come up about what's going on in the four hangar. Okay, she's does the finger crack thing, which, which she, she does to look cool and collected. But really, as she's doing it nice and slow, she's she's frantically reading everything. Computers are are definitely back burner to actual mechanics. This is going to be essentially an opposed check because well, you, one might say that there is a astromech tied into the computer station somewhere else in the frigate. So you're essentially going to be trying to hack around them. Or slice around them is the Star Wars thing to say. It is going to be one purple and two red. Griffing heck. You got this. <laughs> okay, so I, I am not highly trained. So I have two green and a yellow up against it. Does anybody mind if I flip a, a, a light side to just even the odds? Go for it. Flipped. So that becomes one and that becomes two. So it's one green, two yellow, one purple, two red. Sounds fairly even to me. <laughs> well, computers really aren't your thing, are they? Uh, At least not today. So apparently Kith went to the uh, console that had had the droid blasted out of it. And she started the t- typing, but because the droid had been blasted out of it, it was already partially fried and she just completed the process. Okay, that yeah, that definitely sounds like a thing for that, that many failures. Wow. On the other hand, you did get three advantage. Well, I'm thinking since she went to the one that was already slightly jacked up, because, you know, she wasn't here for the fight, that it just fizzles and shuts down. It doesn't alert anybody. Okay, I can totally go with that. That actually makes a huge amount of sense to me, especially because, yeah, the droid got blasted there and it's sort of half fried already. Well, on the plus side, it just died. On the downside, guys, I didn't get the cameras. So we're... Going in blind. Well, that's what we've got our new friend here for. Is it still bothering Matu? Yeah, I'm not sure. It's, it's just nudging me. I'll, I'm, I'm going to crouch it. down like people do to dogs. I'm going to kind of wave at it like, hi, little guy. Goes sort of like, wee? Yeah. And like, looks at you. It's like somehow tilts its round head slightly to the side. And like looking at you, it's like, at least as much as an R2 unit can say, it's like, what's going on? We just need a little bit of help. Hateful, isn't um, it? And you're going to be our new helper, if that's okay. And at that point, the third leg drops out, and it gets ready to roll on. Uh, look at it to respond to your orders. What could possibly go wrong? I could blast it. I, I don't think that's necessary right now. It seems harmless enough. How does establishing control work? Does it have to be 
a computer thing, or does it have like a command switch that I could just set it to basic functions or anything? It's essentially on basic functions now. It's not really doing anything for you. It's not really doing anything against it. It's barely gotten these orders. Like, it fell in next to Matu because he said 10 hut, and then you said that it's needing to go someplace, so, well, okay, let's go. All right, so it's, it's okay, it, it was wheeling off because it's ready to go, not because it's ignoring me. Yeah. Let's, let's go, I guess, yeah. Right, well, I guess we head down. Right, LT? Good work, TV. All right, Sergeant Ordo, lead us out. Right, pull him up. So on our way down, uh, if, I guess if you were listening carefully... You would hear Matu whispering, Ni Sukui Gar Kiradik Ni Partali Gar Tarasum, which is uh, ancient Mandalorian for I'm still alive, but you are dead. I remember you, so you are eternal. And I want to go ahead and try this foresee power as he's praying to his ancestors. Okay. What is your intention with this, good sir? I think it's like a prayer of protection, because he's reaching out for his ancestors, he's going in blind, and so I think he's hoping to get an understanding of what just what he's up against down in the lower bay. The one mild correction I want to do is you're going up ten decks. Okay, up upward. Cool. Yeah, you guys, the four of you were on forward seventeen, and now you were ascending to forward seven. Okay. Um, can we set the astromech to our com? channel so it listens to us through comms so we can send it places no no it is not that is that's totally a thing you can do leslie why don't you name it since uh kif was probably the only one who would think to actually check its designation <laughs> what what is its designation r something letter number <laughs> whatever you want i like to try to do number letter combinations that you could accidentally make a word i, I was thinking um r4m1 and do, do Raimi. Perfect. Done. This is now Raimi. Uh, also now, if it's now an R4 droid, I'm, R4s are like the ones with like the big, very canonical head, heads are like, um, they're a little more dopey looking, but I love them. Um, like aesthetically, yeah. they tend to be more Imperial droids. They have like a ran, also like random extra eye up top. All right, I'm going to roll this. Uh, all right, here we go. Hey, light side. Woohoo. Let's use it. Can someone tell me what foresee does? Always in motion, the future is. But foresee allows the force sensitive to get an impression of the future and what might happen through, I think, the next full day. So at the lowest level of foresee, all I get are just very vague impressions and kind of mysterious clues. A bad feeling about this sort of thing. Yeah. A little more than that, but... Actually, I'm going to go with a couple. One, you get a vision, you're pretty sure that it's from a few minutes away. And what it is showing you is these giant, big as a land speeder droids clonking around the Ford hangar bay. And you see three of these that are clomping from place to place. One of them's carrying a proton torpedo and loading it into a Y-Wing. Then sort of this uh, smash cut to seeing a droid that looks remarkably like TV, but colored up very differently. And you see 
Comse and Captain Sertulli being shoved up a shuttle's ramp with this giant tub, probably twice the size of an Art 2 droid, up this ramp with them. It doesn't look like the hangar bay that you just saw. Then you can see yourself in the cockpit of a starfighter. LT? Yes? I have a feeling we're going to need to move quickly. I don't think the captain's in a good position. What makes you say that? Just a feeling I got. Hey, uh, TV, do you speak binary load lifter? Why do you ask? Just feeling we might need it. Well, I feel left out. Nima's uh, furrowed her brow, and she's giving Matu an odd look of scrutiny here. It's one of those things of, it's not that Matu would you know, never make a decision based on instinct, but we're moving forward, and normally there is something that will kind of bring this more to mind, and she's not, like, this seems to her like it came out of absolutely nowhere. And so she's not doubting him, just that moment of, well, you know, it's a little odd. I think your bruiser's brain is broken. He's not a bruiser. Usually bruised, honestly, but... You might want to have it fixed. Or he's onto something. Binary load lifters. Uh, would they have been aboard the ship? We didn't really have a lot of time to check everything out, but... I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a, a handful of them on the list. I mean, there, there was a lot of things on the list, but... All the meat sacks are talking nonsense. How charming. TV, did you read the list? The manifest of droids that we got? Hated it. I'm not looking for a critique. <laughs> I'm looking for, do you remember if there were load lifters on it? Load lifters. Aren't those just those warehouse droids? They just pick things up. And put them down. Yeah, but you need them to load ordnance, like torpedoes. That's awfully specific. Oh. No, it <laughs> makes sense. That's not good. I just realized that with the forward hangar bay, they have access not only to the starfighters, but all of the ordnance there, as Matu just pointed out. Yeah, we need to move quickly. Double time. And the turbo lift keeps ascending. Is there music? Yes. There's horrible, horrible, verpine music. What's that? It's like a big, uh, big um, grasshopper. It almost sounds like a the old school modem. They almost speak in binary, so... Their music is, it almost sounds like one of those old modems trying to log into something else. Uh, Raimi, though, is kind of digging it and doing like the little astromech dance, kind of rocking back and forth. Does, does he have the little <laughs> arms, like R2 and everyone? He's doing the little, the little arm yeah, wave. He's got like at least one of them just sort of sway. <laughs> yeah, he's just sort of doing a little sway, doing a little arm wave with it. Well, he definitely didn't get TV's personality. I pat Raimi on the head, fondly. <laughs> I like this droid. Oh, we're never gonna lose this droid, are we? Kip has the biggest well, grin. We'll find out. <sighs> I told you just when you thought it couldn't get worse. Look, <laughs> look, if you're gonna keep it, you have to perform maintenance on it. You have to power <laughs> to, to clean up after it. Yeah, I, I don't want to see this. I don't want to see loose bolts on the floor. I don't want to see this thing out of juice in the middle of the common area. It's your responsibility, Kip. Kind of a, a, a half salute. Almost like finger pistols, but from the temple out. You get up to the deck with the hanger on it, and this is a very expansive deck. Like, the turbo lifts pull up, and the doors open, and you can sort of see a bunch of crates in front, off to one side, then a little further on you can see more crates so that there's 
like this almost baffled way of getting in and out. Like this is a fairly packed hangar bay as well. And as you look out and look up, it isn't just on levels seven. It actually seems to go up through decks five and six so that you look up and it's actually three decks tall. You can see over some of these crates which are hiding you, you can see the tops of, on one side, a Y-wing, and off to your left, the top of what you're pretty sure is some form of Incom fighter, probably like an X-wing, or a Z-95, because I'm Canadian. I don't know what that means. I mean, I know what an X-wing is. Yeah, a Z-95 headhunter is an X-wing with only two wings, basically. A Z-95? No. But that bomber... The Y-Wing bomber can hold two of us. While they're discussing, Nima takes a step forward, and she's attempting to peer around the crates and listen out. Matu's got her a little nervous. Here, she's expecting at least to hear the heavy clunk of load lifters or something else in the hangar bay, given our view is pretty obstructed by, um, by crates. You do sort of hear off in the distance the measured steps of a couple squads of protocol droids. One seems to be patrolling in a very short back and forth, almost like it's in front of a door and a window or something. It can't be going that far. And then you hear the other ones just somewhat patrolling like a little further, sort of doing long sweeps around. Then, yeah, you do hear the clomp, clomp, clomp of these load lifters going around. It does sound like there's more than one here. One's relatively close, just from the sound and the volume of the thud of the uh, foot coming down. And then you hear this uh, mechanical whirr and dropping as if it's loading something and then clomping away. And you hear that repeated, but a lot further away. Nima's going to back up to the group and she's going to ask... Have any of you ever flown a starfighter before? Or any kind of starship? Flown, yes, but it's not a particular specialty of mine. Doesn't need to be a specialty. I've never flown anything more complicated than an airspeeder. Sounds like there's a lot of activity in this bay, and our objective is on the other side. There certainly is a lot of activity, if only you knew. What's that supposed to mean? It means he knows how many droids are here. Are you getting chatter from the ship? What? Well, can't you just tell us? We have to ask you every single time. Apparently. I don't think you're really interested. <sighs> TV, what's the number? How bad is it? In the hangar bay? In this hangar bay, yes. How many droids? <laughs> At the moment, yes. How many droids and models? I can tell you're not really interested. TV, it's an order. Of course. Hangar bay... I can sense ten protocol droids, and three load lifters, and four astromechs. At which point, the astromech that's standing beside you twirls just a tiny bit. Kind of asking, am I part of that? TV just stares at him hatefully. (laughs) (laughs) How long does it take for a starfighter to warm up? Like, is it viable we could uh, try to hop in a cockpit and take off? Most ships, especially that have more than... Actually, even most ships that have, like, six fighters, still have at least one fighter that is a what they call ready fighter. 
that it's ready to go on a quick shot. Does Nima know this? She's not really in the uh, Actually, that would... Good point. Good point. This knowledge warfare? Yes. Uh, I'll go with this just being an average knowledge warfare, because, well, if someone is nerdy as I, <laughs> like, just normally, as opposed to having read things. So I'm just going to go with a average knowledge warfare check, though I am going to spend a dark side on this. Okay. Uh, Nima is looking at two green because she has yet to put a point in knowledge warfare. She's still pretty new to the whole military thing versus a purple and a red. Nima apparently does know that with two successes, but I also have two threat. So there is a fighter kept ready here. You're not 100% certain as to how many, but at least one would be kept ready so that it could go within like a minute of something showing up on sensors, hop in, flick the switches, and go. With the second success, could I know how they would indicate which fighters are ready or uh, based on like the position or certain marking or however they would do it? Yeah, actually, yeah, I'll go with that. What I'm going to go with is, you know that these are the two that are going to be as close to the Megcon field as possible. They're going to be pointed directly at the Megcon field so that you hop in and hit the engines and blast. So that there's as little time on there as possible before you're out the into space and flying. It's also probably going to be as close to the... Um, the load uh, lifters and all the... <laughs> as close to the exit. Actually, I was going to the uh, pilot ready room. Oh, that makes sense. And I did roll two threat. What's happening with that? Does Nima know an incorrect fact or has something confused? Maybe it's like one, one Y. The ready fighters are one Y wing, one X wing, so we're like a seat short. That yeah, that kind of works. That kind of works for me. TV, how do you feel about clinging to the wings? <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me at all. Oh, I mean, wait, we all shot one astromech. Maybe you can just kind of punch down <laughs> in one of the sockets. Can you do that? Uh, Nima asked that straight up, looking at TV. <laughs> she really doesn't know much about droids. I can just hold on to a wing if you like. Would that satisfy you? I wouldn't want to be insufficiently humiliated. <laughs> After all, this is your enjoyment we're talking about here. I'm going to take that as your, uh, your usual can-do spirit and... Uh, assume that's a yes. So then the next question, who is going to take the Y-Wing? Who's going to take the X-Wing? And then we need to try to get close enough to uh, make use of them. And which fighter is TV going to hang off of? <laughs> Honestly, the Y-Wing has more handholds. Yeah, all that, all that missing hole plating. Um, I figure Kit's not actually paying attention to this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and she's going to be mad when it comes up. Then the question kind of comes up of, well, what is Kith? looking at and doing while they're trying to plot out what's going Kith on. Kith is trying to scope out the room a little. She wants to know where the main control for the, the big ol' magcon doomahickey is. How complicated it is to shut off. And, you know, is there a safe way to get over there? A sneaky way to get over, like, crates and stuff blocking? I'm gonna go with this being an average mechanics check as you're scoping this out. And because I am wanting to use a black destiny point, I will turn it into one purple, one red. So are there crates like right around where we are when we came in or or something that we're hiding behind? Yeah, there is some crates that you're hiding behind. It's sort of, 
it's baffled a little bit it's so confused. that you can sort of edge up and look and sort of mm-hmm. peek around the crates. Like you're right behind, like one of the crates is essentially right behind one of the thrust vector things on the back of a Y-Wing. So if that Y-Wing were to ever like go up and start its engines straight off, it would probably throw all these crates against the wall. But the way it sits right now, not so much. Okay. And is there anyone in that ready room? Okay, the ready room is... If someone's got binoculars or something like that, do a perception check on All I got that is ready room. blasters. Nima has a pair of electro binoculars, but when she goes to pull them out, hopefully somebody else will take them from her because Nima is not the most observant, as we've demonstrated a few different times. Just order, order someone. <laughs> You're the boss. I don't think Nima realizes how unperceptive she is. So, so she's pulling out the electro binoculars <laughs> and she's going to look through them because she doesn't know she has a one cunning. I think maybe Kif is the handsiest and the most curious, so she might be the one to be willing to grab it. Totally. I figure Kif is already partially on top of a crate and kind of leaning around. And so she glances back and sees you starting to, to, to get ready to look. And she just kind of does a one-handed wave down saying, don't do that. And then she waves towards herself and says, you know, like, Can I give them to me. And Nima looks up at her and then back down at the binoculars and picks up her, uh, her meaning in this and goes ahead and passes them up. Because clearly you have the better vantage point. That's why. Yes. I'm perched amongst the crates. And then get a blue for it. But I get a blue? Yeah, totally. Absolutely. So what am I rolling against in the end? Okay, so for difficulty, you know what? I'm just going to go with an actual straight average. With a setback, because you're trying to look around all of these, like, it's a fairly busy hangar bay floor. There's a lot of starfighters here. One could say that there's almost two squadrons worth here. Or at least in that realm. Kit's going to go ahead and try to position herself well. She doesn't actually have any training in perception, but she does have three green. I mean, the Force could totally be with her. I like the sound of that. The Force loves Kith. <laughs> to success! Looking past, yeah, you see in the back there, you see two people in the classic Rebels orange jumpsuit helmets. Both of them have the sort of yellow stripe down the crown of it that Matu had noticed a while back. Yeah, it looks like there's two Y-Wing pilots there. Like, you can see the wishbone on their helmets. And there's also ah, a goodly amount of other people in this ready room. Like, it has a door that goes straight on t- onto the hangar, but the door over there looks like it's a very sturdily constructed one. One that you're fairly sure could withstand being... Uh, exposed to vacuum for a certain amount of time. 30 others in there. You can see a bunch of people in like coveralls and and one somewhat ornery looking Mon Calamari sort of leaning up against a glass and these protocol droids going back and forth between the glass and in front of the door and then this other set of protocol droids sort of circling okay, around. Okay, so this is where the proto droids are. Yeah. And yeah, there's this almost codger of a Mon Calamari is looking at these droids pacing in front and just shaking his head at him. You can see one of his giant flipper hands sort of <laughs> going up over one of his eyes. 
I was expecting a rude gesture, honestly. <laughs> Did I see the stupid shut-up switch for the thing? Yes. Thank you. The way that magnetic containment fields in Star Wars look is this sort of blue outline going between, like, separating the air from the not air. And right next to, on your side, is this uh, small console that's fairly out in the open. Like, you can see a small representation of the big field on the display of this. You do see exactly where this control is. Like, you can also see a couple uh, starfighters closer to it, so you could probably sneak around. So there's some cover, but not a lot. There's enough there that you can. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Kithel will kind of turn around and pass the binoculars back, fill the party in on, on what she's seen. I'm just saying, it's possible we could take them out if we separate them. Maybe, I'm trying to think, what's the Star Wars equivalent of cat and mouse? Oh, man. Oh. Uh, Jawa and Tuscan? <laughs> Tuscan and Jawa, is that what it was in Silhouette Zero? Oh, that's right, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know my show better than you I do. You both thought of it, and you both thought you were horrible for thinking of it. <laughs> we could play a little Tuscan and Jawa. We could use a <laughs> distraction, lure the droids into the Starfighter Bay, take them out one at a time, while the others move in to either retrieve the pilots or make a move for the starfighters and what do we do with the droids that are already in the starfighter bay well if we could take him on a merry chase i mean there's enough cover here risky but i think i could do it i have an idea for at least a distraction please don't tell me it's throw a grenade on another deck <laughs> well we have three <laughs> decks to choose from here it could be so simple i've told you where all the other droids are but i haven't mentioned a thing about the astromax yes you have with two successes i feel I should, or at least where you can see three of them. One, you're not able to see, but they're also under counter high, so they kind of blend in behind any of these windows. But you do see two on top of Y-Wings. One is on top of the ready Y-Wing, and it looks like it's trying to go through the pre-flights, and one is on top of another Y-Wing that's close by. It may not be a ready fighter, but it by now it probably is ready to go and another one is looking at the ordnance stack on the far wall y wings are the ones that have two seats x wings are the ones that have one yes. that's what i got from the priest conversation dear star wars nor star wars nerd forgive me i'm still no, no, you're, this. you're good you're good so wait a minute i'm i'm a little confused matt too what exactly is your battle plan here you wait you would lead the droids in the Starfighter Bay, keep them at bay. Who goes into the office and who's blasting droids? Look, here's how I think of it. Kiff is the most at risk. Kiff and the Astromech can make a run for the Y-Wing. The Astromech can stop pre-flight sequences. You can head over to the bay. TV takes a overwatch position while I run around and try to distract the droids as best I can. Okay, once the Y-Wing is ready to go, Kiff takes off. Somebody else needs to be in that other seat, right? Look, I'm not assuming that we're all going to make it through this encounter. Then this is a bad plan. Kith just raises her hand and stands there. Just the first one I thought of. Waiting for the conversation to end. Yes, Trooper? Junior Trooper. (laughs) But thank you for the promotion. Thank you, Senior Trooper. trooper. I'm important. Whatever. Obviously, she cares deeply. (laughs) I could make use of our new little friend. Sets hand on the astromech. Raimi is one of theirs. 
Raimi. We, we, we named it. Never mind. Continue. If everybody's okay with this, I vote we send Raimi out and partway through have him start broadcasting. Like Broadcasting to the other droids. Yes. Remember that music we were just listening to? That he really likes? Yeah. He's got a calm channel. And he could just have a nice stroll. And I would say wait till he gets a good way across. That will draw the attention at least long enough, hopefully for one of us to hit some um, door controls. And the rest to get in the Y-Wing. And open up the bay to the vacuum? Yes. Or... Maybe just a little. You want us to disable the magcon field. And you guys could get in the ships. We don't really have the proper equipment, although I could vac seal and do it. You said we only had three seats to begin. The three of you would have... No, wait, TV doesn't need to do... Right. If the three of us go in, maybe TV could sneak across, and then I'll serve as backup in case he doesn't make it. I I don't know that I can fly a, a, a spaceship. I've only ever flown planet things. Well, there's a first time for everything. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and if we're honest, I... I haven't even done oh that, really. Okay, a lot. how about this then? I'll give flying the Y-Wing a shot. You'll take the gunner position. <laughs> Deal? Shifty eyes. Sure. <laughs> then Matu and TV, you'll be battle buddies. Let's not be hasty. <laughs> and uh, we'll have to figure out what to do with the X-Wing and how to arrange TV on it if you need to make that quick escape. So are we having TV hit the button instead of me, basically? Yes, because TV doesn't need air, and Matu has a vac seal in his suit. You and I don't have that luxury, okay. so we should really be the two that are in a cockpit. So we're going to make a run for the Y-Wing. They're going to handle disabling the Magkong field. And uh, the droid here is going to go play some music. Uh, Kit turns to, to Raimi and is like, how's that sound? You want to go play your music for your new friends? Who aren't really your friends, we're your friends, you know. To which, yeah, Raimi just sort of looks up and is only sort of the awkwardness of an art four unit uh, can just sort of nods and the giant sort of uh, flower pot head <laughs> just sort of nods a little. And then uh, you hear a brief burst of that I music. I don't look forward to writing about this in the report. Raimi just sort of bounces between feet <laughs> with it. Okay, so here's a question. About com channelness. Uh, yes. I was saying that set to our com channel. Can you actually have multiple com link like com channels available? Mm-hmm. I know TV's got his sixth sense going on with the droids, but like, could Raimi hear us and still broadcast on their general channel? Yeah, like what I thought you were meaning for Raimi would be turning Raimi essentially into a ghetto blast. I hate him. And running around like that. Oh, yeah. Well, that's part of it, yeah. I was kind of hoping it would be on their comm channel as well, but I'm totally cool with the, the Ghetto Blaster astromech. <laughs> it, it, it might be both. He's just that into the music. Yeah, no, uh, I see what you're saying, and yeah, I can totally confirm that. I'm sort of thinking somewhat like Matu, he doesn't quite... Remy doesn't quite get that he has this comm connection, because, well, that part of his memory got wiped, but he's just so excited to play with these other droids that the personal stereo system is going and then it just sort of bleeds into this, which is really just going to annoy TV. 
is <laughs> going to annoy TV. Um, no, so so basically, Kith wants Raimi to get a good ways into the thing before he he sets up the ghetto blaster. But I kind of picture him. He gets out there and then he holds the one hand up like to the side of his head, like he's got headphones and he's rocking out. Raimi may be too cool to hang out with. <laughs> his tiny little astromech hands. I'm sure seeing that. Yeah, you sort of peek around the crates and see one of the big load lifters and point at them saying yeah go dance with that one at least that's sort of how i'm envisioning this am i wrong am i right no that's that's about par for the course um i would pick the one that's not nearest us though just to keep it the distraction happening further away all right i totally am going with this that yeah the droid goes out almost to the other side where this Load lifters picking up one of the proton torpedoes, turns around, looks down over this torpedo that is holding, like, it's holding pretty much just sort of like a log. Looks down over, and there's Raimi, just sort of tilted back, looking up, squeaking. And then the music kicks in, and the load lifter starts swaying from side to side. It's almost like watching the Hulk dance. And with this, the load lifter that's nearest Raimi starts to sort of shuffle, lifting up a leg, dropping it, and each time you hear this magnetic thump, thump, as it does. But it starts moving as Raimi sort of dancing around, doing this circle. Yeah, I- I'm totally going with this load lifter that is near it, getting into it, and another load lifter slowly clumps over it and investigating what the commotion is. So I think Matu is going to follow TV's approach. Are we going stealth or athletics here, Brent? Uh... TV is generally in favor of stealth in this sort of situation. Especially if Nima's not nearby. Hey, <laughs> still say it wasn't my fault. If people can just avoid clanking things against me, gives a long-suffering look back towards Nima. Don't worry, I won't get any closer to you than I have to. Only something we agree on. Uh, my base agility is three, but I have no ranks in stealth. Is this a group check, or are we... uh... Uh, Yes, I was figuring that this would be a group check. The two of you sneaking over. The difficulty of the check is going to be average, but I feel... Evil? Um, I was going to say generous, but I just don't feel right saying generous for that and using a dark side point. I still kind of want to get light side for doing the distraction. And is being all sharpshootery give me anything? And uh, TV will just swivel his head around. Don't clank. And then he takes off at a uh, clanking. A brisk pace and rolls four successes. All right. Yes, you are able to successfully sneak your way around this. I feel like TV is probably very stealthy because he can bend his body in unnatural ways. <laughs> and he does not, or maybe he does take that into account, and Matu is very uncomfortable the whole time he's trying to follow all the moves. Well, I think the fact that one of the successes came from the song, we probably are uh, listening to the song oh, and sort almost of. Almost. Is TV dancing? So, driving yeah, our way dancing. <laughs> I would totally TV dance. does not he dance. He doesn't say that he dances, but he dances. I'm just saying that we are using the beat and melody of the song to our advantage. <laughs> you know, 
Brand, I like how you always you you check which dice are giving you these successes too. I've never really thought to do that, but I like that. It's one of my favorite things about the system. Yeah. I just want to confirm where TV and Matu end up at the end of this sneaking and not dancing to the music. Tactical advance with audio cover. Sure, we can call it that. So both of you have blasted rifles out, <laughs> moving up around all these different starfighters. And where does that end you up? We want to be in position to disable the uh, mag thing, right? Okay, no, that totally can be done. The two of you have gotten to the... Magcon controls and Nima and Kith are scurrying towards one of the fighters that are close to the edge of the bay. The new uh, Astromech R4M1 is dancing with two binary load lifters nearby. Now the third one's coming over and it looks like a conga line starting. God, I hope somebody, if we ever get fan art for something, let it be this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you've got. This R4 just sort of blasting <laughs> music out of his own speakers. And, yeah, you've got these load lifters. I'm sort of thinking the, like, super pit droid looking kind. That one's got this proton torpedo in hand leading. And, yeah, the three of them are now in a kind Shaking it like a maraca. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Heroes of the Hydean Way. You can find show updates on Twitter at The Hydean Way, and you can find me, Ben, on Twitter at Deuterium Ice. And you can find me, Christine, on Twitter at Twelfth Night. That's 1-2-T-H, night with a K. You can find Brent on Twitter at iBrentBrown. That's only mostly horrible. You can find me at Leslet GS. Uh, you can find me at Sil Zero Chris. That's S I L Z E R O. Uh, it's named after my other podcast, Silhouette Zero, where we pretend we're small aliens with my brother. Um, you can also follow Matu on Twitter. That's uh, at uh, Mando Matu M A N D O M A T U. He posts very irregularly, but he's got some tips on how to make your Mandalorian life better. It's so much fun to follow. And we are all on the Hydeanway.com where you can find previous episodes and our sister podcast, Tales from the Hydean Way. Our podcast is on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, where you can find more episodes and help us out by rating and reviewing the show. We're also on Facebook as Heroes of the Hydean Way. Send us a holocom to heroes at the We would love to hear from you. But the air is coming back. This has caused your duty to swell. <laughs> okay, I gotta choose a better. <laughs> this is sorry. Your... I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I can't come going... up with something better. If that doesn't go in <laughs> at the end credits, I'm a five-year-old. I got nothing else. Like, uh. <laughs> uh, also now if it's now an R4 droid I'm, R4s are like the ones with like the big very canonical head, heads are like um, they're a little more dopey looking but I love them um, like aesthetically yeah. they tend to be more imperial droids they have like a ran- also like random extra eye up top for if we're going by the movies on a Tatooine just as they're sort of pulling away from the <laughs> sand crawler, 
This is the one that poses. No, 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 that's an R5. That's awesome. I just looked up a really? picture. Yeah. And yes, I did. I realize it's how nerdy I am, and I'm arguing. No, that's an R5. <laughs> You're a nerd, Christine, and I love you. Because this is such a weird idea, everyone may veto this. Because this is so dumb. This is the dumbest idea I've ever had, but because it's so oh, dumb, God. I want to do it real bad. Come on. Um, now this you're just is my, it. <laughs> oh, because this, this is my 14-year-old fan fiction writer screaming at me, I have enough XP to make Matu Force-sensitive. I, I figured you were going to go that way. <laughs> Why is that dumb? Because it's so stupid. Why is it's that like, stupid? Oh, not, not only is he a cool Mandalorian, he can use the Force. I think it's I possible. have exactly <laughs> one proviso <laughs> that we keep it to the Age and Edge books. The uh, the three the the three powers in the Age book. Yeah, he would have to grab yeah. Exile or Emergent to get a Force rating anyway. He can't. He can't. Right. I was what I was thinking of doing. Is I have I have enough XP to go emergent and then take four C, so he has no idea why he's getting random visions. <laughs> like it's okay, just I, he, he has always believed it's just Mandalorian instinct. Uh, okay, or he also might be maybe he starts thinking it's like the ancestors talking to him. You've mentioned he like worships like he, he, oh, he yeah. has like the bond with That's, the sword or whatever. That would work, yeah. Oh yeah, we even we accidentally foreshadowed that, so that might work too. Yeah. But only if everyone's cool, because a I don't want to. It's an age <laughs> podcast. I don't want to throw it off by like introducing much of force. He, crap. Here's the and, thing, though: there is force sensitive emergent is in the Age of Rebellion book. Force sensitive characters are still a thing. Like Ben said, my my standpoint on it is, uh, go for it. Just let's keep force and destiny and all its full glory out of it. If you go with the emergent, that would be absolutely awesome. Okay, I'm gonna do it because this is dumb. Now, in game, uh, are you going to like reveal to the listeners right off the bat that Matu has taken this course, or are you going to leave it kind of vague and until it's... the characters know? I don't know. Yeah. I thought of it on the way home, and <laughs> I went, "This is dumb," <laughs> but I also love it. 